Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Good morning again, everybody. Why don't you look at your neighbor really quick? Welcome them to church. Let them know you love them. Tell them they look cuter after worship. Come on. Uh, we're continuing today, Hall of Faith. We're going to be going through the life of Joseph today, and I'm excited about this one. You know, I, the last couple of characters we brought up, we talked about how some of their failures inspire us uh, because we don't have to always be perfect for God to love us and, and um, to follow God, right? And sometimes we have, you know, crazy starts, but God does something beautiful and we end pretty well. Uh, you know, God draws straight lines with crooked people. He really does. Uh, and he takes shaky knees and he makes them strong. But then there's also characters in the Bible that really run their race very, very well. And they're very faithful and they do amazing things for God. And that's also inspiring because it's inspiring to know that some people do do it right. And they do do it well. And they, and they run their race very, very faithfully. And today we get to look at a character called Joseph who really runs his race incredibly faithfully to God. And he's, he's just challenged and challenged and challenged. And he really remains faithful. And it's a beautiful story. And it's very inspiring to read his story. You know, as a church, we believe that everybody has a purpose. That you might have been a surprise to your parents, but you're no mistake to God. There, there are no mistakes. The moment you're in your mama's womb, you're not a mistake. Amen. Your parents might have made a mistake, but you are not a mistake. Let me get a strong amen. Let's clear that up. Okay, let's clear that up right now today. That when God had breathed life in you and he knit you together in your mother's womb, that he knew who you were. And he knew the purpose and the plan and the calling, right? And today we're going to be talking about some of the dreams that God gives. But I believe you're on the earth with a dream from heaven. I believe the Holy Spirit has breathed a dream into you, into your heart, and that you are needed, you're valuable, and the dream that you carry from heaven is going to make a difference on the earth. There are no mistakes. There's no wasted believer. There's no unnecessary believer. There's not a single I'm not needed believer. There is space in the kingdom of God for your calling and your gift and your purpose and the dream that heaven has for you. Every dream from heaven is designed to help somebody else, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, but you're not a mistake. God purposed you. He, he put a dream on you. And so today, today is relevant for all of us. This teaching is relevant for all of us today because everyone carries a dream from the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. Everybody has a God-given purpose. Everybody's called to make a difference, okay? And, and so we want to lean in today because I think today is going to hit us all in different ways, but it's going to help us. I, I want you as, as a pastor, what, what's my main title and my main calling? If you look at the New Testament, it's to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right? It's to empower you to fulfill that God-given dream in your life and to make that kingdom impact, right? In a sense, like pastors are kind of the coaches. You guys are the, you're the LeBron James. You're the all-star players. You're out on the court making that difference, making that impact, making the slam dunk, making it happen. My job is just to give you everything that I possibly can to get you there so that that dream makes its full impact, all right? And so today is going to help. It's going to help you. It's going to help a lot of us, all right? And I want to talk today the four tests, four common tests that all dreamers face. This is a great day to take some notes, okay? And next week, I'm going to hype you all up and we're going to celebrate our fifth birthday, okay? But this one is four tests that every 
dreamer faces, okay? And, and the first one is the test of rejection. The test of rejection. Yes, you're called. Yes, you're anointed. Yes, you're cute. But not everybody's going to like you. And you are going to face rejection. When God gives Joseph the first few dreams that he gets in his life, he sees himself kind of standing above an elevated position. Now Joseph was a young guy. He's a teenager. And maybe it wasn't the wisest thing to go brag about it to your brothers who already didn't like you. You know, we talked about this last week, you know, same kind of dynamic. Their, their mom and dad played favorites. Joseph was his dad's favorite. And as Christian parents, we don't play favorites, right? Okay, we love every one of our kids unconditionally, right? That love is just sacrificially, unconditionally given. But rewards, that is based off behavior, okay? This is how God treats us. He loves you unconditionally. You might, you might be God's craziest kid today. <laughs> You might be. You might be God's most unfaithful kid today, but God loves you with an everlasting love, you little stinker. You know, he loves you. But then some of you are out there and you're like, yo, I really am being faithful. I'm obeying God. You're experiencing the blessings and the rewards of God. So God doesn't reward everybody the same because not everybody obeys him on the same level. Oh, okay. But, but, but that, which is good news for all of us because we can all repent, turn and get back in the blessing of God and, you know, get where we need to go. But his love is unconditional. So as Christian parents, we love all of our kids the same. You can reward them differently based on behavior, right? But we love the same. So as parents play this game, it creates a lot of jealousy in the house, right? So his brothers hate him. They, they just hate him, and they're jealous of him. And then he gets these dreams from God, and he does kind of brag about it. It looks like in the, in the text, it looks like he's bragging about it perhaps a little bit, right? Which I have learned in life, be careful who you share your dreams with. The Bible says don't cast your pearls before swine. Not everybody's going to celebrate you. Not everybody's going to be excited about your success. You know, don't share a 9 by 11 dream with a 3 by 5 mind. I've learned this in life. Because you're going to get more discouragement back sometimes than, you know, what you need. You, you need some encourage when, you, when God first gives you a dream because it's going to look impossible. So he gets these dreams, um, and, but he experiences rejection. For those of you that know the story, his brothers turn on him, okay? And they, they're going to, they plot to kill him, and they decide, we're not going to kill him, but we'll sell him into slavery. And so they turn on they lie about it. They tell their dad that, you know, the, the animals got him. And, and it's just, it's a lot of drama. It's a lot of pain, but he experiences rejection. Everyone that picks up their dream from God and begins to apply that dream to this thing called life is going to face rejection. And I have learned that's okay. It's okay. As long as I don't reject my dream. The only person that has to accept the dream that God has given me is me. God doesn't need their yes. He doesn't need their opinion. He needs my yes for my dream that he has for me. And he needs your yes for the dream that he's put in your heart, not everybody else's. And sometimes the enemy knows exactly whose mouth to get into to really discourage us, right? You really want the acceptance of somebody and you don't get it. You get their rejection. When, when God called me to plant a church, I really, really wanted certain people to accept that. And that didn't happen. I got rejected. I got the gift of rejection. And honestly, sometimes getting the gift of rejection is exactly what we need because we need to know it is the Lord that has called us and blessed us and accepted us. And it's not in the power of people. 
And so God will let a dreamer get rejected so they know it's not man who blesses me and calls me. It is God. It is God who accepts and he elevates and he calls. And you just don't want to reject the dream that God has given you. Amen? This might help some of you this morning. Um, Psychologists say that no matter who you are or what you believe in or what you say, 10% of people will just not like you, which is so discouraging. That means at least 10% of you don't like me no matter what I do. And it's like, that's great. That's why you don't come back. All right, whatever. It's fine. It's like no matter who you are and what you say and what position you take, 10% of people will not like you. Okay? But let's not forget that 90% do. Isn't it amazing how much of our own minds and souls we gravitate toward rejection? It is painful. We don't like it. It doesn't feel good. But let's not waste our whole dream on those who rejected us when there's millions and thousands and hundreds who need us and want us and will receive from us. Never let the 10% keep you from the 90%. Because my dream isn't about me. Your dream isn't about you, but it is about other people. Right? And so some of us, no matter what we do, they're not going to like us, but let's just go on anyway. Amen? Number two, the test of temptation. Every dreamer will face the test of temptation. For Joseph, this was Potiphar's wife, right? She's the original desperate housewife. She just really wanted Joseph, our, our man. And Joseph faithfully walks this temptation out. Temptation is interesting because it's different for all of us. Okay, you might be really tempted with something that I could just care less about. The enemy will never tempt you with things you're disinterested in. And we've talked about that a couple times as a church, okay? But he's not going to bring up the things that you dislike and you're disinterested in. He knows you well, and he knows people even better. He's been on the planet longer than we have. And the devil is defeated, but he's learned some things over the centuries, okay? So to just say that I'm smarter than the devil in my flesh is not, is not a good thing to say. This is why we have to be humble. As the Bible says, submit to the Lord, right? Resist the devil, and then he will flee from you in horrible terror. I don't face off on the enemy in my own power. First thing I do is I submit to God in his word, right? And then I let God fight a lot of those battles for me. But that only comes from a place of submission, not a place of, you know, do, it, do whatever I feel like doing, right? But the test of temptation, everybody along your dream, you're going to be faced with temptation, the temptation to do the wrong thing. Maybe it's charged for five days of work and work three. Maybe it's show up an hour late and leave an hour early for your job, right? Maybe it's greed, maybe it's lust, maybe it's something else. But the enemy knows what you're interested in. And he will make sure that your interest comes across your path. Right? And in that moment, all of us, listen, you can hang out with temptation. You can flirt with temptation. You can totally give in to temptation. Or you can be like our man Joseph and flee from temptation. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more this impresses me. He ran out the door. He considered it was better to leave his coat than his calling. He dropped his coat for his calling. The only reason he stayed faithful is he had something in his mind and his heart. And if you you read the text, it's all about honoring God. And he's got this dream and he held his dream more important than what was in front of him. Obedience is so often in the Christian life, giving up what I want now for what I want most. Because if I didn't want it, it wouldn't be a temptation. Are y'all tracking with me? Okay, so it's giving up what I want now for what I want most. 
I will never be able to fulfill my dream if I'm always losing to temptation. And so the test of temptation, right? James 1 says, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. God will test the dreamer. God will let the devil tempt the dreamer to see if the dreamer can handle some temptation. You know, and I had this little thought as I was preparing this week. Had he not been able to handle lust at Potiphar's house, he would have never been able to handle it at Pharaoh's house. Okay, because Potiphar was a pretty high official. His wife was probably pretty good looking. Okay, Pharaoh's wives were better looking. Y'all tracking this? You sleep with Pharaoh's wife, it's off with your head. No dream gets accomplished. Isn't it fascinating God let him experience something at Potiphar's house so he could handle Pharaoh's house? This is the terrifying thing about getting older. I have learned, and I'm still learning, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is terrifying, God. L- let me just talk real with y'all. Other people don't have that much power to really ruin your dream. You have a lot of power to ruin your dream. People can talk, they can give you bad reviews, they can gossip, but it really doesn't stop the dreamer. The devil doesn't have the power to stop the dream God's given you. Those gifts and callings are without repentance. They just, God will give you a gift and it's just on your life. Not God, God will give you a gift and people choose not to even glorify him with the gift and he doesn't take the gift away. He just gives him a gift. But you have a lot of power to jack up your dream by how you handle temptation. That's deep. Other people do not have as much power as we think we do to stop us. But in a wild way, you have a lot of power over your life. Okay? Let me me go on. So we tested him at Potiphar so we could handle handle Pharaoh. Uh, The test of isolation. The test of isolation. Joseph does the right thing. He flees. She lies about him. He goes to prison, right? Now he's isolated. He's forgotten. He interprets dreams from two other guys. They both, they both come to true. One, one guy gets killed. The other guy gets promoted again. He's back at Pharaoh's house. And Joseph says, yo, when you get there, remember me, right? When you get there to Pharaoh, plead my case. Remember me. Get me out of this position here in jail. And, and the guy gets there, the cupbearer gets there, and he totally forgets about Joseph. <laughs> Somebody's not going to call you back. Somebody's going to say they're going to work with you, and they're not going to. Somebody's going to say they're going to open a door, and they don't. All right, let me talk to my dreamers, okay? Somebody's going to say they're going to be there, and and they're not. It it looks like the deal's going to go through, and and then it doesn't, okay? And, And God might leave you in a place of isolation for a season. He might let you be hidden for a little bit. He might put you in the back seat for a while. He might just let you sit in that tunnel. You know, For years, I just was grinding out ministry all behind the scenes before I ever got to a place where I started preaching to people. Okay, so God put me in the background for a long time. I've shared this before, but I started out in ministry as a janitor. I did not start out preaching. The first door that God opened up for me was to janitor at a church in Indiana, and I became their janitor. And I learned how to deal with criticism. I learned how to be kind to people when they weren't so kind to me. I learned how to clean up a lot of messes, right? I learned how to set the temperature, right? Like I just learned a lot of things, but I'm praying and I'm growing and I'm learning and I'm being faithful vacuuming before I ever got the opportunity to preach and do what I felt like God actually called me to do. 
So if God calls you to a season of isolation, we don't want to just get bitter in that season. We want to get better in that season, right? God will forget about you on purpose sometimes to test your heart and to check your heart to see, is it really about me in this position or is it really about giving glory to Christ and giving glory to God? Okay, so he let Joseph go through the season of being passed over, being forgotten about a little bit, not getting promoted when he thought he would. But there was a day, Joseph is just a day away from the palace and he doesn't know it. You don't know what God has around the corner this week. You don't know what God has planned this month. You don't know what next year could hold. You don't know when God is going to move in your life and shift you from isolation to all of a sudden getting into your dream and being in that position that you always saw yourself in. You don't know, right? We really don't know. We don't know when the floodgates are going to open and when God's going to shift and when he's going to move. But Joseph is stuck in this season, but he kept his heart open to God. And I don't know about you, but this one gets me a lot because I'm tempted to grow bitter when I feel like I've been forgotten about. Anybody else join me? Come on. They didn't write the thank you card. They didn't do, you know, it's like, it's like, God, I I feel like they just, you know, and it's like my heart wants to grow bitter. Joseph chose, I'm not going to get bitter. I'm going to get better. He considered in his heart, it's better to be in a bad place with a good God than a great place without God. It's better to be in a bad place with God than in a good place without God. Why? Because the place can change just like that with God. God can take you from that prison to the palace in one day. He can do for you what you could never do for yourself in 10 lifetimes, okay? But he will sometimes let you experience isolation. So just to test that heart, is it going to grow bitter or is it going to grow better? But how tempted would he be to just get mad and bitter at that cupbearer for forgetting him, right? It's like he just saved his life and he forgot all about him, right? But, but he considered in his heart, again, again, it's like promotion comes from the Lord. This is for somebody today. That's why I'm hanging on this. Promotion comes from the Lord. Don't hand the, the, the power of your life. Never take those keys and put them in somebody else's pocket. Never take your joy and put that in somebody else's pocket. Never, never take the dream God's given you and put the power of that in somebody else's pocket. No, man. You hang on to that. It's not on them. It's on God. And when God is ready to promote you, when he's ready to elevate you, he will do just what he said he will do in your life. Amen? He doesn't need the cupbearer. He doesn't need anybody else. He just, you, he needs your heart open with him. And so he tested his heart in this season of isolation. Number number four, as as we wind down, the test of retaliation. The test of retaliation. There was a day Joseph had all the power. He gets promoted, second command in Egypt, right underneath Pharaoh. Pharaoh gives him a a gold chain, a ring, robes. He gets a haircut. Pharaoh gives him a, a wife. You know, like God has been good to him. He interprets the dreams correctly for Pharaoh. Pharaoh's like, listen, I trust you. I'm putting you in charge of everything. And everything goes wildly, wildly well for those first seven years. Egypt has tons of resources and money. And he just, Joseph is balling at this point. Like he's just, life is going so good. In fact, I want to, I want to read this because this is, this is kind of profound. He has two kids at that, at that time. And he names the first one Manasseh. And he said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble. God had been so good to him, he forgot all about the things he'd gone through. 
Now, that's a blessed life when you're like, yo, it's been so good. I forgot what it was like, you know, even in all that challenge. And he names the second son Ephraim, and he says, it's because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. God just blessed him. And so life is good. He's got all the power. And then the famine hits, and guess what? His brothers come to him now. Now he has a position of power. He literally could say off with all of their heads and their lives would be over. What is so beautiful in this story that I think is one of the most amazing things in Joseph's life, Joseph chooses to forgive and reconcile with his brothers. This is a beautiful, beautiful moment. What if there is a day that you have the power to get back at the person that got you? What will you choose? Will you make a step toward retaliation or reconciliation? Woo! What a test for the human heart. You know? Oh, that guy did me wrong in business, and now I got the opportunity to shut them down. Okay, what are you going to do? Right? God doesn't make the world better through his kids by retaliation. He makes it through reconciliation. The Bible says that we have a ministry of reconciliation. You ever been hurt by a person? Oh, come on. Raise both hands and a foot, okay? Like... Like, you've been hurt, right? Like, heck yeah, okay? So have we been given the ministry of retaliation or the ministry of reconciliation? What does that look like for you? Who has wronged you when you get the power, when you get the opportunity to talk, when you have the power to tweet, when you have the power to get back with them, what are you going to do? Joseph has this beautiful heart. And, and I, love, I love this part of the whole story, too, because when the dream is actually fulfilled, you find Joseph crying, hugging, weeping, serving his family, okay? If God ever gives you a position of power, it's for service, not retaliation. When God elevates you above other people, it's so you can go to those people, Shelly, I'm going to use your arm for a second, and say, welcome to the air up here. Join me up here. It's never to push people down lower. We've talked about that. I preached on that a couple times the last few years. But that is such a good point. When God elevates you, it's so you can elevate others. This is why Jesus said, hey, go, he goes, listen, the world, when they get a high position, they lord it over each other. When they get a high position, they're like, yo, enjoy my heel. You know, I'm going to keep me up here. When God gives you a position, it's so you can lean down and pull people up. This is why we called ourselves Lift Church. We want our back muscles to be stronger than our pecs. We want to get good at pulling people up to enjoy the life that God has for them. We want them to become everything that God is. There's no lack in the kingdom of God. Don't look at life as I got to get my slice and I got I to gotta fight for my slice. God can give you the ingredients and you can make as many pies as you want. Oh, that is good. Like I want to hang like you can make as many pies as you want. You know? And and don't don't look don't look at people are not in your way. People are there for you to serve. Oh, if I had a message for South Florida, it's like people are people are not in your way. They're there for you to serve. How do how do you get ahead in life? You start serving people. You just be faithful to the thing that God has called you to, and God will elevate you. And when you get the position of power, is it retaliation or reconciliation? What's in your heart? What a good thing to ask your own heart today. Could it be that it's your bitter heart that's in the way of God blessing you today? Whoa. Ouch, right? Okay, so, so God promotes him, and he's got this position, and he forgives. In fact, he even says this line. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wind down with this a little bit here. He tells his brothers in Genesis 45, he said, guys, God sent me ahead of you 
to preserve for you a remnant on earth and save your lives by great deliverance. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He recognizes ultimately, God will let me experience this wrong so I could be in this position so we could save our families. Watch this. So we could save the nation of Israel. So we could save the lineage of Jesus. So we could save humanity. Wow. God led me here so I don't need to get back at you because ultimately nothing happens in my life without God allowing it. And sometimes God will trust you with a promise and sometimes he will trust you with pain so he can start working on your heart. So when you get there, you're ready to handle there. He will test you with the test of retaliation. I love this quote by Robert Ingersoll. Nothing discloses real character like the use of power. It is easy for the weak to be gentle. Most people can bear adversity. But if you wish to know what a man really is, give him power. This is the supreme test. How do we know what was in Joseph's heart? Because when he had the power, he chose to forgive and he chose reconciliation. He recognized this is all God that let me go through here. You know, I definitely have some wounds in my life. I've been cut a few times. Uh, I've been hurt the most in church. Oh, hello, somebody, right? Like, like church is an easy place to get hurt, unfortunately. It really is. It just, it can be, right? It's a beautiful thing and it can be a painful thing. Some of my worst cuts have come from church and I have some wounds. But now I'm grateful for those wounds because it taught me how to treat other people. Anybody else grateful for some of the wounds in their life because it's taught them how to be a better human being themselves? Okay? Sometimes God will let you experience a cut so you put down your own knife. Right? That's really good teaching. That really is. Come on. Come on, church. That's really. Hang on to that one. Okay? And so he's leading me right, on this thing, and he's developing me, and he's developing you, so when you get there, he has your heart. It is not hard for God to bless you. It is hard for God to get your heart. It's hard for God to get the human heart. It's not hard for God to get you resources. It's not hard for him to promote you. It's not hard for him to give you a gift. It's hard for him to get your heart. And so he will test the dreamer along the way so you're ready for the dream. Even in my own life, to get here, I've gone through countless tests again and again and again. And I'm sure to get to the next place, it's going to be more challenging trials. I was talking to some people this morning. I said, man, I feel like my capacity for trials is a little higher now because we've been living in a hotel for three weeks with our kids and the AC and the mold and everything. And I'm like, yeah, what could be worse than that? You know, for a while anyway, like that was, that was wild. I think I'm okay. You know, what's God's reward for good work? More work. What's God's reward for being faithful in the craziness? More craziness to handle. See, we always think, you know, well, when God promotes me, life gets easier. It often doesn't. More money, more problems, right? Like it's like more challenge, more, more, more of this, more of that. And so again, like if stress is going to overwhelm you at this level, why would God ever give you this level? Right? It's just testing along the way. Let me pray for you. We'll get out of here. Did you enjoy today? Good. Lord, we love you. Thank you for today, God. Thank you for the test that you give dreamers. Lord, everybody has a purpose, a plan, a dream in their heart breathed by the Holy Spirit. And God, we bless that. We want to develop that. We want to encourage that. Uh, God, we make a, a difference in this world by all of us doing what we're called to do uh, and being faithful in that. God, thank you for the story of Joseph. 
Thank you for this man of God who walked faithfully. Lord, may we learn from it. May we walk faithfully in our own, our own course of life with you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for forgiving all those things and mistakes and wrongs, getting us on the right path today, getting us aligned with your purposes today and your plans. Uh, God, next week we get to celebrate five years. Thank you for your phenomenal hand of faithfulness on us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.